Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. A show for men and the people who love them. Where we discuss how men can find and embrace the healthiest versions of themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corpru. It's Wednesday, everybody. Midweek, hump day. Hopefully you're doing well. And you are on your revolution. And if not, please reach out to somebody who can help you get on your revolution because this is your time you know we are in august of this year it is your time to either think about your revolution or make sure that by the end of the year you have pushed it to the limit because that's what revolution is about we've been spending our time the last couple weeks talking with authors last week our acclaimed guest fantastic guest was donnell moore and his book, No Ashes in the Fire. And we spent a long time really talking about what we have to do as a people uh, to come together to make sure that we accept and love no matter who and how we exhibit ourselves in the world. Donnell made sure that he told his story. It was really interesting about how he said he was almost put on fire. But he made sure that he came out it made sure that he came out resilient and resistant and ready to fight the fight. We thank you, Donnell Moore, but we're going to continue that conversation this week about how do we find the healthiest version of ourselves? How do we make sure that each and every day we are working hard? Because it is hard work to find the healthiest version of yourselves. And if you've been watching my vlog over the last couple of weeks, you know that I had a conversation with my good friend and line brother Antoine Hickman about the difference between being healthy or finding the healthiest version of yourself. And we spent time at length going back and forth about what it should be. He's like, I want to be healthier. And I, I kept pushing back at him because the journey is finding the healthiest. It's a journey. You don't want to be healthier because healthier means there's an end. Healthiest means that it is the journey to find the most optimal part of yourself. And so today... I am joined to have this conversation about what is our baseline? You know, on this journey to find the healthiest version of ourselves, we need to establish a baseline. We need to know what it looks like for us. So I'm joined by, I'm joined by budding author, exercise enthusiast, Mwagi Kwesi. Mwagi, how you doing, brother? I'm excellent today. How are you, brother? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to have you on the show, dear brother. Uh, I know my good friend Andrea Zayas and I talked, and she, you know, she sends her regards, and so she says you are one of the most important people that she knows, brother. So, with her saying that, that means a lot. That absolutely means a lot coming from such a dynamic sister and intellect as uh, Andrea. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, dear brother. So, let's jump in for a second. Uh, what's your revolution, brother? My revolution is self-empowered, healthy version of each of us. He being self-empowered. Self-empowered. Unpack that for me. Self-empowered, because we are we we're looking for that. Oftentimes, we're looking outside of ourselves to find the healthiest version of ourselves. We're going we're going to the vitamin shop. We're going to GNC. We're going other places. But what does self-empowered mean, dear brother? Self-empowered means. You reach from within and use the things that you have most easy and ready access to. Just to give you a quick example, if 
you're sitting at home and you start coughing. I'm like, ooh, I'm congested. Let me go open the refrigerator. Oh, I got some grapes. I have some oranges. I have some apples. I have some pineapple. That's self-empowered. I have ready and easy access to that as opposed to, oh, wow, I'm congested. Um, let me run down to the store and get some Mucinex or some Tylenol or some aspirin. Because then you run into all types of other situations which are, one, what if they're out of those things and you can't get to them? Two, what are the side effects that you're automatically signing up for if you're going to use one of those over-the-counter synthetic, um, quote-unquote, medications? So by being self-empowered, you do the research for the things that you have easy and ready access to to find the healthiest version of you. Keep it all simple. Keep it all simple. I love that. Uh, I, I love that. And, and too many times we are looking for that easy access. And that's how many of us, particularly uh, many of us of color, have been socialized. Um, and But I know that our ancestors have given us a roadmap, uh, particularly when it comes to healing ourselves from within, using foods and using the earth to heal us. We just have to be able to find find those ways and find those answers because the information is actually out there. It's interesting um, that you say foods. And many of us have begun to look at alternative lifestyles. And when I say alternative lifestyles, vegan or vegetarian lifestyles, uh, as a means to heal our body. What are your thoughts about that, brother? I am absolutely in support of vegan and vegetarian diets lifestyle practices. I've been a vegetarian for 25 years now. Wow. Um, but I also advocate if someone chooses, and again, all of this is about choice, and that's another self-empowering thing, thing knowing that you're making a choice. If someone says, you know what, I enjoy fish, um, I enjoy chicken, I enjoy red meat, my first response would be look at if eating red meat, fish, chicken, three times a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, is that leading you to the healthiest version of you? Right. right. Are your intestines short enough <laughs> that you're going to effectively and efficiently pass eating that much uh, meat in a day? So I always tell people, let's just look at what, what looks like the healthiest version of you. Let's experiment. Why not try eating red meat? once a day if you're eating it twice a day or eat it three times a week if you're eating it five times a week. The key is trial and error, experiment. Be willing to experiment. Experimenting is something that we don't take enough advantage of because it pushes our, our imaginations, our brains, and it forces us to pay attention to ourselves. Once again, internalizing our consciousness as opposed to constantly looking externally for the things that we already have within. Right. If you just sit down and take the time to find. Right, no doubt, no doubt. Dear brother, as you talk about uh, your book and, and, and wonderful, you know, being able to read excerpts of it, just in looking at the title, Discovering Your Baseline for the Healthiest Version of You. Now, it's interesting because when I think about baseline, you know, I, I think about, you know, that, that bottom level. Um, but I think that you take it a little bit further when you're talking about the baseline. Um, what, how are you operationally actually defining the baseline from your book's perspective? So from the book's perspective, it's asking us to recalibrate 
what we consider to be healthy for ourselves. I'll give you uh, an easy example. A sedentary lifestyle that this country seems to worship would have us thinking, you know what? I only have, you know, two, maybe three bowel movements a week. I'm pretty healthy. Let's recalibrate that. If you're eating on a daily basis, but you're not evacuating your bowels on a daily basis, your baseline is off. We need to recalibrate your baseline. Your baseline should be such that you can literally wake up in the morning and tell, am I operating at a good efficient rate or am I not? If I swing my feet onto the floor and the soles of my feet, particularly under the balls of my feet, hurt, my baseline is off. There's something wrong under the, the soles of my feet. As opposed to walking out of bed and you're literally bent over, your back is sore, your knees are sore, and you're just like, you know, this just comes, you know, with, you know, getting older. No, it doesn't. There is a, a part of physical decay that all of us are going to experience as we age. But you can easily mitigate those things with food. Easily. Your baseline has got to be where you can recognize something's off. Of, something's off. I'm so, not sure what it is, so let, let me see, but my baseline is off. So what you're saying is that is that healthy is your baseline. And so for many of us, like you're saying, if you're waking up in pain, that's not your baseline. But we have actually attributed and ascribed to pain being our baseline. That yes. it, right. And so that that's what I'm hearing is that you know that that pain in my left knee that I've been having for months, <laughs> right? That that swelling that I have is not my baseline, right? Right. The, the non-swelling, being able to be active, being able to do the things that I used to be able to do, to play softball, to go to yoga, um, all of those things are my baseline. And that is a very interesting thing for us because we will attribute age and deterioration as that this is the new baseline. You've been listening to the What's Your Revolution show with Dr. Charles Corpro, sitting here with budding author Mwage Kwesi as he talks about his book, Discovering Your Baseline for the Healthiest Version of You. And we're talking about really what that baseline looks like and getting past the assumption that the baseline can be, how do I want to say, reset to a point where pain becomes or, or something that is uh, something that is not healthy becomes the baseline, and we have to be able to recalibrate that. Moragi, can you give me a, another example of how we, how we recalibrate our baseline to be more healthy? Yes. So, and this is something that we, all of us, uh, see often, I believe. Someone who is perpetually, year-round, congested. Right. And that person believes, this is just how I am, i.e., this is just my baseline. And, no, it's not. Let's look at the fact that you're congested. That means you have an excess amount of mucus produced by your body. What are we eating? What are we drinking that is contributing to that? And so what I would tell that person, the first thing I would say is, I'm not going to tell you, don't do this, don't do that. I don't believe in that model. What I would say is, do you enjoy ginger? Yeah. Try making this ginger tea. I'll give you a recipe. Drink eight ounces a day. That ginger is going to naturally burn out excess mucus from the body. Mm. That ginger is going to decrease inflammation throughout the body. That ginger is going to clean your liver and your kidneys. So after about two months, 
when the person notices, I am not congested. Now your baseline is being recalibrated. Wow, wow. That is a wonderful example. And I know that I have people listening to the show who wake up uh, congested every day. Her name is Bertha Corpru, and that is my mother. And, 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 and my engineer, Jazz, wakes up congested every day. And that is – I love the word interesting, uh, Mawaji. Um, <laughs> um, but I wake up, and we live here in New Orleans, and tons of mold. Tons of mold. It is a very damp city, and so yes. mold, mold is rampant throughout the city. And are you saying that by drinking ginger every morning, that can actually mitigate the impact of having mold in our house? It's hard to eradicate, as we say, the mold here in New Orleans. Does that ginger concoction that you're talking about help us eradicate mold in our body and also be able to defend the mold that we may be experiencing in our households and in the city? Absolutely. And the, um, the concoction is so simple. It's ginger, the juice of lemon, you can throw in pineapple if you want to, and a little bit of sugar cane. That's it. That's all it is. That's it. And there are no side effects to pineapple, lemon, or ginger. So you're fine. Gotcha, gotcha. So just a little bit more so people know, are you steeping this? Are you putting it in a pot and boiling it? Or Yes. You would uh, slice the ginger up um, into thin slices because you want to get the most potent. I would say take about two pounds. Use a large pot, chop up thinly sliced ginger, two pounds of it into a pot, add water. You're going to boil it. Now, before it starts boiling, there's going to be a foam that rises to the top of the pot. That lets you know that ginger is opening up. You want to boil it like literally 20 minutes past that foam coming up. Then you take a, depending, I would say take about a, 40-ounce pitcher, cut up three lemons, squeeze the pulp and juice of three lemons into uh, into your pitcher, add sugar cane to taste, throw in your pineapple chunks, and literally just pour the, the hot ginger directly into your pitcher, stir it up, and you can drink it. It's going to be hot and spicy. That spiciness comes from that foam coming up, and you know and those ginger spores are open, and you're getting the most nutrient value from the ginger if you cut up uh six slices you're not going to get the pores to open up so you're not going to get the greatest benefit that's right. what I always says thin slices thin slices i got you i got you and that is probably one of the most beneficial things that we've heard on the show in the last 18 months <laughs> right there just that recipe because we deal with it you know i've been dealing with mucus uh it seems like all my life and that is a constant conversation that i have with my mother she calls how are your allergies you know how's your congestion going so mother if you are listening which i know that you are let's see if we can make this uh, concoction the next time i come home it'll help us both out um why um I want to talk more, again, to get more in the book, and thank you for the recipe and and really thinking about that baseline. But uh, our physical health is only one part of the baseline. You talk some some about – not talk some. You talk at length in the book about our own emotional and mental baselines. And we often talk about – you know, what's going on as people of color here in our country and the, the experiences that we're having in the Trump era uh, dealing with racism and discrimination, um, bias and uh, the ramifications of privilege. You talk about meditation. And um, I have been meditating for the last 20 years. Why is meditation in your purview so important for us, again, to get to that baseline of healthiness? 
Okay. So meditation is the purposeful internalization of the consciousness through mechanized breathing. The key is breathing, and breathing opens everything, or it opens you up to damage everywhere. I'll give you an example. Let's say you have a friend who breathes shallowly from her or his chest, shallowly and quickly. Intermittently, that person will just hold their breath unconsciously. When you breathe shallowly from the, te- from the chest, it causes an increase in your heart rate, period. It, that's going to happen. Now, imagine doing that all day long. That increased heart rate causes a chemical change in your bloodstream that leads to irritability. So now, imagine doing that all day, all week, all month. You're irritated for no, you have no idea why you're irritated, why you're on edge, but you are. And it's all because you're not breathing from your diaphragm. You're not breathing deeply. You haven't slowed your heart rate so that a slow, rhythmic heart rate is your norm, not a sped-up heart rate that causes you to be literally on edge all the time. And we know that, that on edge is also a precursor to anxiety and so yeah right all and, and so what you're saying all the way down to our baseline again and that's going to be our word for the day dear brother all the way down to our baseline if we start the morning with deep breaths right slowing ourselves slowing the day down what you're saying is that that will allow us to make sure that when those anxious periods come we have a better baseline of knowing that i can i've been triggered but through deep breaths I can remain calm. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. And what you're establishing, in, like let's say in the mornings, we agree, as soon as I wake up, I'm going to take my first three minutes and sit on the edge of my bed and just breathe slowly and deeply. If I guarantee if a person did that every day for a month, they're establishing a new baseline for their breathing. So now when stress hits, it's not about finding my peace. It's about returning. Returning to your peace. I know what it feels like because I experience this every morning. Let me just go back to that, that breathing, that peace. You know what it is. The way, this, with the way we've been conditioned in the society, we react to things. Yes. So we're already stressed, and a stressful situation hits, and now we're like, okay, I just, I got to relax. I got to relax. Okay, so now you're stressing yourself out trying to relax. But you're stressing yourself out because you have no direct experience regularly of what it even means to feel that physiological relaxation. And that's one of the keys to your baseline. The key to peace is not psychological. It has physiological antecedents in breathing. Right, right. And we know, and, and we know, you know, our spiritual brothers and sisters. Um, part of prayer, you know, it encompasses that breathing, that slowing, and it is it is a part of being able to return to that breath. Um, I also practice yoga, and yoga has that. I mean, it is the central. It is the central tenet of yoga: breathing, breathe, that slow practice of breathing in and out and i've been trying to implore more of our brothers to go out and practice yoga to be able to deal with the stressors that we face 
and being able to return, as you say, back to that breath and in practice. And that's one thing that we talk about so much. Yoga and meditation are a practice. And we have to continually, because it goes back to finding the healthiest version of yourself. It is a practice of finding the healthiest version of yourself. And continually doing that day after day after day. And realizing that there is, we don't have to be perfect. And I think that is the crucial piece. Think about that. And, and, and let me know your thoughts. Do we have to be perfect in doing this to be the healthiest version of ourselves? We do not have to be perfect. And the word perfect is an illusion. And I, let me, I'll just say this quickly. I don't think we could find anyone out here that will argue Michael Jordan was the perfect basketball player. <laughs> if you look at his scouting report from 1988 to the end of his career, other coaches said he had no weaknesses, no weaknesses, no weaknesses in his game. He was the perfect basketball player. He never shot 100% from the field. He never shot 100% from the free throw line. To be perfect is to be the perfect version of your highest, healthiest self. If you can be the best Charles that you can possibly be, you're perfect. Right. Perfect does not mean without error or without flaw. Perfect means living out your potential and then exceeding it. Right, exactly. I think that that's what we have to continually impart into our brothers and sisters is that this practice, right, and setting the baseline and knowing that we're going to have flaws. I talk about all, I'm very open about my flaws. Um, one of the things that we do talk about here on the show, dear brother, is the aspects of vulnerability. And part of that is being open about who we are and who we want to be. I think that is crucial. And returning to the breath, returning to prayer um, are also crucial pieces because in the prayer we can allow ourselves to be vulnerable. We can allow ourselves to say, you know what, I made a mistake today. And it's okay. And that I can make, I can make amends for my mistakes. Uh, and that's when I think the, one of the crucial pieces, uh, and tell me if I'm wrong, that if we're finding that baseline is accepting the vulnerability, uh, being able to make amends for our flaws, uh, particularly yeah. when those flaws come out and then may have consequences on other people. And so um, I, I'm loving, I, I'm definitely loving this aspect, this, this thought process of establishing the baseline. Before we go to break, dear brother, um, what are some of the practices, uh, some of the other practices that you have going on for yourself that really help you maintain your baseline? And, yeah, that's the question that I want to ask because the other question is what happens when you, don't, when you come under that baseline? But we'll save that for after the break. But what are you doing right now to really establish or maintain your baseline? Five things. I laugh every day. Mm. <laughs> I meditate every day. I have physical contact with someone to let them know I need them every day. I celebrate my flaws and my perfections every day. And I sit inside and I read the greatest book ever written, which is in my brain, every day. That's interesting. Elaborate on that last part. You sit inside and read the greatest book, which is inside your brain. What is that, brother? So if we think about... Um, I'm going to take two people, seemingly disparate, um, Miles Davis and Mother Teresa. Exemplary, stellar lives. 
and they did things that we had never seen before. Neither one of them went and took a community college class to teach them how to be who they were. They both went inside. Miles Davis went inside and came out with Kind of Blue, the greatest jazz album ever conceived or created. Yes, it is. Mother Teresa went inside and came out with a humanity that people thought was supernatural. She didn't buy it. She went inside and brought it out and shared it with the world. All of us have that potential. But the externalization of your consciousness keeps you from you, which ultimately keeps you from your greatest version of yourself. Right. And so what you're saying, dear brother, is that you have to go inside and see what's inside of you and then be able to flourish it and bring it out to the world. Is that what you're saying? Yes, sir. There it is. You've been listening to the What's Your Revolution show with Dr. Charles Corporal, sitting here with budding author Mawagji Kwesi, and we're talking about his book, Discovering Your Baseline for the Healthiest Version of You. Stay with us. We'll keep talking and try to figure out how you can find your baseline. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the What's Your Revolution show with Dr. Charles Corfru and my acclaimed guest, Mawaji Kwesi. Mawaji, I hope, brother, I am uh, not messing up your name. Um, it is a beautiful, beautiful name, brother, so please forgive me. That's all right. It's uh the only thing is Mwangi. Mwangi. I got gotcha. you. I'm looking. So I'm looking at the excerpt that you sent me, and I I thought it, the end was there, and in the excerpt the end was gone. I was like, oh, I've been saying so. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I know how it is, uh, dear brother. Um, growing up with the last name Corpru and people butchering my name, it, you know, it seems like it would be easily phonetically, right? Exactly. But no. So please forgive me. Please forgive me. I've been enjoying the conversation, and ironically, so have the listeners, so much so that they want you to give the recipe for the ginger one more time. The ginger, one more time, so they can hear. So actually, um, and thank you for bringing that back up, I did a video uh, in December, on December 24th, for exactly how to mix a ginger tea. Okay. And I posted it on Facebook, so I can repost it. I can actually please, um, send the video to you. Right, please. That way people can actually watch it and not um, and just take their time. I got you, brother. And so they can just uh, tell us where, tell us the exact Facebook name so they can know. Mwangi Eric Kwesi, uh, M-W-A-N-G-I-E-R-I-C-K-W-E-S-I. Gotcha, brother. So there, there it is for everybody that's listening and wants that recipe, because uh, I know I'm going to go home and try it, and uh, I know my mother is going to do it as well. Let's get back into your book a little bit more, and I know that you're excited about its impending publishing, dear brother. Um, what was the impetus for you writing the book? So uh, last year, June of 2017, um, 21 days before my 49th birthday, I put myself on a ritual, and I said I'm going to share a health tip that I think could really help people every day leading up to my birthday. And when I finished the ritual, I literally woke up at uh, 3 o'clock in the morning 
when I was on tip number eight, and I realized these tips are actually chapters in my first book. Mm. And so when I finished the ritual, um, I sat down, and I, um, I, from the 21 tips, I said, okay, let me pick 10 that I believe are really foundational. And so I selected 10, and I started writing. That's that's amazing. That that that's amazing. And it, it was that epiphany like that we have so often in the middle of the night, dear brother. I know last night uh, as I was up, as I usually am, about three or four in the morning. Boom! The ideas about what's your revolution come about. What I don't want to give away the book, dear brother. Um, but what are some of the what's what? How do I say this? What's one or two or three tips that you would give? to our listeners as they begin their own journey to find their baseline? The first tip is meditation, beyond a doubt. And I would ask uh, any, any person, if you can give yourself two or three minutes per day, every day, to meditate, to quiet yourself, to literally slow everything down, you will be amazed at the benefit. And what I did was um, I attached my meditation to showering. I meditate right after I get out of the shower because I know I'm going to shower every day. And so my meditation is just now a regular part of my routine. As soon as I get out of the shower, I know it's time to meditate. And my body literally begins to slow itself down because of the routine. So number one is meditate. Number two, drink water and eat foods, fruits, vegetables that are water-based. Give your body water, and you'll be surprised at what your body will give you back in all <laughs> aspects of your physical performance and your physical health. Right, exactly. And then three, on a daily basis, eat some type of raw fruit or raw vegetable so that you get live enzymes in your body that will give you digestive enzymes that your body cannot produce that will assist with the proper digestion and metabolization of everything you eat. Right, right, dear brother. It's interesting, two things that you said, and I hope that Charles S. Corporate Jr. is listening, that water and water-based food. Um, as we get older, dear brother, um, our kidney function you know, slows down, and drinking water and having water-based uh, plants and uh, vegetables uh, in our body helps us to eliminate, and we've been talking about that. It is crucial to our to our success to our survival. Why can't I talk today? It's crucial, um, and we know as we get older, as our kidney function de uh, decreases, drinking more water, Dad, uh, will make sure that you live a long and prosperous life. But the other aspect, dear brother, as you said, and many of us don't know, uh, and we talk about. Um, that the pancreas is actually the, the actually the organ in our body that actually helps us to produce those enzymes, or actually it, yeah. pr it produces the enzymes. Um, but having those foods, can you give me an example of different foods that may help us digest, um, that have those digestive enzymes that help our body out when the pancreas cannot produce as much of the enzymes as we need because we know as we get older that production decreases? Absolutely. So... Let's say, let's say uh, someone uh, eats a lot of fish or um, a lot of red meat, i.e. they have a lot of protein. There are foods that give you protease enzymes that specifically target proteins. So pineapple, ginger, figs, um, broccoli, kale, all of these give you protease enzymes which target 
proteins in your body to help you digest. It's something that you can easily add to your diet that will assist in what you're already eating anyway right. and help you digest it more efficiently, more readily, and more quickly. Gotcha. So do you recommend, you know, because there's a ton of digestive enzymes on the market, do you recommend taking a supplement like that or just working with the natural foods that we have? Um, my preference is working with the natural foods that we have because they're much more readily available. Um, and it contributes, again, to self-empowerment where you're not um, – you don't feel obligated that you have to pop a pill. But you can literally just eat the food and get the benefits and then have that clean and cleared from your body. Right. Right. And those vegetables that you talked about do so much more than just provide the enzyme. They're providing nutrients that, uh, that allow our bodies to heal, to grow, to nourish us, uh, um, to allow us to be, as we say, to establish that baseline to be the healthiest version of ourselves. Dear brother, when does the book come out? Uh we don't have an exact date. It's in the final stages of editing with the chief editor uh, at the publisher, uh, Tandem Light Press. So I will definitely let you know when we have an exact date. Wonderful. We are in the final stages of editing. All the chapters are done. Right, right. Um, and if people want to hear more about what you're talking about and just know more about you, where can they find you? Um, Facebook, Mwangi Eric Kwesi. Um, and feel free to message me on Facebook. I don't mind corresponding with people through email, through uh, instant messaging. The whole point of the book is to provide people with information that can help them change their own lives. Right. And if I can assist in that, I will happily, readily, and anxiously do that. <laughs> Wonderful. That's a revolution, bro, and that's, that's what we want to have in the world, more revolutionaries like you doing the great work and providing the information that we need to find and embrace the healthiest versions of ourselves. We here at our show, we wish you well, dear brother. Uh, we look forward to the publishing of the book and being able to help you promote it and be a part of your success. That's what it's all about. We want to make sure that we have a platform for brothers like you who are revolutionary, not only for themselves, but for the greater good. And we appreciate you so much, dear brother. Thank you, brother. All right. Take care and have a wonderful week. You as well. All right. You've been listening to the What's Your Revolution show with Dr. Charles Kurpru. Wonderful conversation with budding, budding author Mwangi Kwesi and his book, Discovering Your Baseline for the Healthiest Version of You. Uh, we're going to spend the last couple moments of the show um, talking with my friend. Talk, talking with my friend. and. Ure. <laughs> New phone, who this? <laughs> <laughs> Talking with my friend, and at 4 o'clock will be my former producer. No, 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 that's not what we say yet. Well, you know. That's uh, not what we say yet. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you will continue to on to be the, the... Thought partner. The thought partner. I transitioned to thought partner yeah, the, status. The, the thought partner. But your your time here with me, you know, and Jazz doing the... Oh you know, date the, the the Wednesday, you yeah. know, of looking at me crazy, pointing at the clock, telling me that it's time <laughs> to yeah, it, exactly, doing everything that you do uh, is coming to an end. Yeah, it yeah, is. you are moving to Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, and um, I have been um, bantering, uh, not bantering, uh, what is it? badgering you, badgering me awfully. That's right, calling you Felicia for the. <laughs> he, he, 
was treating me like my name was Stanley yesterday. That's Not right. Felicia. Bye Stanley. Felicia. That's right. Yeah. Um, we started this. We started this a while ago. In my living room three years ago in September. Actually, no, not in our, my living room. We started out at Cafe Rose, Cafe Rose Nicole. Nicole. That's right. Um, yeah. We're, we're trying to figure out, you know, what what your revolution looked like, what the brand was, what mm-hmm. we were trying to do. No website, no logo. <laughs> I mean, nothing. Can, can we give a shout out? Shout out to who? I'm going to give a shout out to somebody that you're probably going to be surprised that I actually give a shout out to. Okay. I'm going to give a shout out to James Singleton. Who is that? Your frat brother. New phone, who it is? <laughs> you stupid. Uh, uh, for for um, uh, recognizing talent and <laughs> introducing you to that talent he recognized. Hmm. <laughs> but no, give him a shout out. We will shout out that uh, that dear brother of mine, one of my one of my greatest mm-hmm. friends here in New Orleans. He yeah. and his brother Damon, who were on the show a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't for if it wasn't for James, and I remember the night we were sitting and. At uh, a bar in Mid City, and we were talking about the work that I was doing. He's like, "You need to meet Rachel," and I think yeah. Yeah, I think he reached out, or he did. I think he reached out. He reached out, and it was funny because uh, everybody knew who you were, and I had never met you. <laughs> and uh, shout out to Christina Jones because she was like, "Get ready," because he looks like Kenny Latimer. <laughs> I was like, "No, he doesn't." And I literally was sitting there that day. I had a meeting before our meeting. And I was sitting there, and I looked up, and I didn't laugh externally, <laughs> but I was like, he looks just like Kenny Latimer. Yeah, that's not funny. Uh, no, no, that's a, that's a compliment. Yeah, that's not funny. <laughs> everybody. Everybody. It actually is. <laughs> it actually is funny. Um, listen, uh, Broke DeBarge. Oh, uh, <laughs> why, why do you keep calling him Broke DeBarge? He looks nothing like DeBarge. Because <laughs> he's in dreads. Uh, <laughs> um, that's why. Yeah. Uh, uh, shout out to my dear brother uh, Jazz, who mm-hmm. you know makes sure that we we do our thing, yeah. and um, we appreciate. But you know, I have to use this time, this this last couple minutes, to mm-hmm. really you know go through. You know, we have some history. Yeah, we do. You know, there've been days when I wanted to kill you. Uh, I'm sure there. I'm sure <laughs> and there days were, that you wanted to kill me. Yeah, yeah. I remember those. Um, the, those the, the logo conversations. Those logo conversations. I think. Yeah, I remember I, the the day. That I was like, this dude is crazy. Was the day that we were at that world famous, the the, the second most popular meeting spot in New Orleans, <laughs> the, the Starbucks, Starbucks on Washington, Washington <laughs> Avenue. And I think we got there like like one or two. We were there all day, all day, all day long. long. Right. And I was like, okay, we're gonna make this work. Yeah, and we made it work. Yeah. And yeah. What's Your Revolution was born. Mm-hmm. Uh, the logo, the um, the logo for the company was born. Mm-hmm. It has flourished. You mm-hmm. have been. You have provided What's Your Revolution with clients and opportunities. And one of the the skills that you have, Rachel, is that you always you always give. You always make sure that your clients, the people that you work for. Mm-hmm. You put them in space. You are a connector. You are a convener. You are someone. And uh, sometimes even to my chagrin, like, really, you're going to. Yeah. So here's the the standard Charles Corporu line. I'm not working today. <laughs> We're not, I'm not working right now. Right. Right. And, and what I was always working. And I'm and and I'm going to try to adjust that. I'm not going to say I'm going to stop because I've always been that way. Right. Um, I've always had this thing where I recognize um, what the true meaning of networking is. I used to hate it when those networking gurus would tell you you should walk into the room with the uh, sole goal of giving out 10 cards and making 10 business connections. Right. By the time you were there, uh, I actually did a, uh, a course on this for the Urban League in Houston 
uh, for the young professionals, and it was called Tales of the Magic Blackberry. <laughs> did you see how that did, how they did that? Somebody yeah. sent me a text, and, and anyway, Tales, sound effects. Tales of the Magic Blackberry. So Tales of the Magic Blackberry, because I used to literally, I would find people or see people that needed to be in space together, um, and or I would meet someone and say, I know somebody that you need to meet. Right. And on like the BlackBerry was my best friend. Right. Um, and so that's just always, you know, how I've been. But it has been uh, to my detriment at times. <laughs> well, I, look, I have been successful because of you oh, and, yeah. and yeah. putting putting people and places uh, together yeah. have built what's a revolution into what it is, have built my brand and built me. Oh. Uh, this radio show would not be what it is now if it was not for you. You put Susan and I together. Yeah, that was that's another funny story. That is a funny story that she <laughs> the 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 impetus for us coming to WBOK was her listening to the show Thanksgiving Eve with, with her, her uncles, uncles and they were like, "What is this ish?" Yeah. And she was and like, "Yeah, well, <laughs> clearly we need to have this conversation." Yeah, definitely. And we are 19 months in. Mm. 19 months in. Wow. Yeah, 19 months in. Um Almost seventy shows, and wow. we have we have done our thing. And one of the most popular black programmer shows on BOK. Well, that's a blessing, yeah. uh, and we thank the people who listen to our show each week for that, mm-hmm. um, for that 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 accolade. Well, it was what where, where we were somewhere uh, recently, Haima Moore. We yeah. were we were at the Ace Hotel. Um, we're going to do our production meeting, and Haima Moore, who is now. Uh, with uh, GNO Inc., who is, you know, there's all these six degrees of separation with me and people. Um, and I've known Jaima since I was in, ba- in Baton Rouge. I was running a little late. Jaima was there right, at the exactly. Ace mm-hmm. and said, I listen to you all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and and that, to me, is a testament to the quality of what you're you're pouring in. You, I, you know, I, I, I did well to watch your tribute. I don't watch your tribute sometimes because I'm not ready to be in an emotional space. And so, <laughs> and so I read your tribute. I did good. I didn't cry. That doesn't mean I won't watch it again and cry later when I'm. I'll make like, sure that I share it to just to your page. <laughs> Here you go, Rachel. <laughs> cry. Um, uh, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't about trying to make you cry. I think. Clear. I think that um, those of you who. Uh, Go to my Facebook page on a regular basis. Know that I do a weekly blog where there's a topic or something that I spend you know, four or five minutes talking about. Mm-hmm. And this week's conversation was about blowing up your life. Mm. And we are afraid oftentimes to do that, to blow up our lives. Mm-hmm. We get comfortable. We mm-hmm. say, you know what, this pain that I'm experiencing is just a part of this. And, you know, I'm just going to I'm going to work through this. Yeah. But sometimes the answer to that is just blowing up your life, just saying, you know what, I'm going to take the risk and I'm going to blow it up. I'm going to move. I'm going to leave the person that I thought I was in love with. I'm going to I'm going to change my friendship. I'm going to blow everything up. And that's what you're doing. Yeah, it's um, it is it is uh, not. See, now you're really going to make me cry because I'm thinking about this, but it, it's not an easy you know, when I posted about the opportunity, I said that it not only was it not an easy decision, but it wasn't an easy process. Right. Um, just to get to that point of saying, I absolutely love the city. I'm um, seven years in. I was striving for my 10-year chip uh, where you get to say, you know, uh, but New Orleans is always going to be in me. Right. Uh, because, you know, and 
the love letter to New Orleans. The jazz calls me every day and says where the love letter at. <laughs> um, we'll you know we'll do we'll do that on on Friday. But New Orleans has been with me and in me since I was ten years old, um, and I was living in in uh, in Biloxi. And my father, it was the, it's the craziest story. My father, I don't know if he told the story, but my father, my stepmother, um, their friends and their family, um, and our dogs were in a conversion van, and we drove here for the Cool Jazz Festival. Cool Jazz Festival used to be a circuit uh, jazz festival that they would do all over the city, right. and it was here at the Superdome, and there was just something about yeah. that trip, and, and so it's always been with me, and so. To have to come to that decision, um, yeah, I, I know exactly who that is. Right. Um, yeah, to to come to that decision was not an easy decision. We talked about some of the things that pl- played into that, but this is definitely, um, it is definitely a leap of faith, but it's a necessary thing. Right. You know, sometimes you you know you talk about finding the healthiest version of yourself. I have not been living healthy for two years. Right, and and that's and yeah. and blowing up to find that yeah. as our. Our guest talked about today mm-hmm. is that you will have to place dynamite on your life sometimes mm-hmm. to get to the baseline. Mm-hmm. Because if you're waking up in pain, if you're waking up trying to figure out how you're gonna rub two nickels together, <laughs> right? I'm sorry, I almost said a bad word you know, on the radio. You know, yeah. those are not, that's not your baseline. It's not, and 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 understanding that there are things that I want to achieve. I'm a, I'm a grown a woman, mm-hmm. um, and my father is so fifty funny. years old. I mean, wow. Okay, you need to <laughs> hush because you are always gonna be the older sibling. Um, but my father has this thing. You know, he was like. I just come home and I'm like, Mm-mm, I'm 47 years old, December. I will not be living in a house with my father. Right, and right. so the things that I need to do uh, to make that not be a reality are very, very necessary. Can we take this call? Because I yeah. know who this is. Gotcha. Mario. Brother Mario, how you doing? I'm doing fine. I just wanted to uh, say congratulations to uh, Rachel. Yeah. Um, and as I'm listening and it says blowing up your life, I get that, but Every mega tree, when it grows, because it's going to be there a long time, it blows up a lot of branches because it has to grow some more. Right. So just look at it that way, is that you're reaching for the sky, and the only way to get there is to stretch. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mario. Mario, Mario and I used to work together. This is another one of the people from back in the Harmony Neighbor Development days. Um, but Mario and, I, Mario and I have known each other for almost as long as I've been here. Um, his wonderful wife, Latanya Norton is now the press secretary for the mayor's office. Right. Um, formerly with WDSU. I got you. And we were, like, really good friends. He's, he's, he's a, this is somebody that you really need to have uh, on the show because he's, like, Superman. They've got five kids. Wow. And he's, That's right. you know, That's right. just really been doing the doggone thing. So thank you so much, Mario, for calling in. You're welcome. All right. Take care, dear Take brother. Take care. Take care. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's going to be different. Uh, it's going to be different without the the whip, uh, the ball and chain, the yeah, yeah, the you know the the back and forth. You know, the funny thing about it, and I, I got to tell you, you know, the back and we go back and forth, and I'm stubborn. You know that, right? <laughs> That's a word. I am very, very stubborn, yeah. right? But it's not that I don't hear you. Right. Mm-hmm. I know you know that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm, I'm going to push back because that's just who I am. I mean, the birth of corporate listening. She, she's probably shaking her head like, Lord, yes, yes. <laughs> you gonna stop talking about Miss Bertha like you that. Know, um, but we, we had, you know, we, we got into it last week at the end of the show. But what did I do? I went home and watched Oprah. I had a conversation. I had a conversation. Which with one her. did you watch? One of her Miss Landrew. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Here you go, starting mess. 
but you know we have we have to think and I, you know i got to talk to some other people and it's a balance it, mm-hmm. it is a balance it's finding you know making sure that my voice as well as my guest voice are heard and exactly. and, and, the, and that balance it will go week to week mm-hmm. but i don't want you to think that even though the pushback like yeah like that's but what did i tell you though i was like i'm all right you're going to do it your way. Yeah. But my job is always, and this is, I had the same conversation with Sugar. Um, Sugar Bear is her daughter. Sugar Bear is my daughter. Right. Um, because I heard her whole feelings a few weeks ago to the point where we weren't speaking for days. I don't have feelings. Uh, <laughs> whatever. And and so I went off and was just very candid with her, gave her some insight, opinion, whatever, in a very strong way. And I told her, but that's my job. <laughs> Right. Like, that's my job, and I need to, you know, work on my delivery, possibly with her, definitely with clients. But my job is I am not going to stand there and see something and not say something. Um, and and if I have one wish uh, for this show is that um, I have helped add to it and that, uh, you know, put you in a space and on a trajectory uh, to do amazing, amazing, amazing things. I know you're going to do it. I mean, like, you're a baller. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. But, you <laughs> no, know. no, 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 no. We won't see. You know. We well, do see. You definitely set him on the wall. Let's see if he keeps his feet still before he falls. Cracks <laughs> this, this dude just called me Humpty Dumpty. But he calls you that all the time. Why well, do you act surprised? I mean, you just call me Humpty Dumpty on air. He does it all the time. No. Yes, he the, does. He calls you an egghead. Uh, what? Hey, hey. Only, all the time. Only my mother can call me an egghead. Oh, um, we didn't know that she did that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. As we get out of here, as, <laughs> you know, as as the yeah. music begins to play. <laughs> That's your cue, Jack. So he, he can make sure that we can have the show ready. I don't have to sit here with him. <laughs> um, Rachel, I just want to tell you how much I love you um, and how much it means for you to have planted the seed, as I said today. Planted this seed and, and to watch it grow, to watch the What's a Revolution show grow into this, this budding, growing art form that it is. And... You're not done. You're just leaving. You're just leaving us. I'm just moving. I'm moving to another place. I'm moving to another place, and so we appreciate you. We love you, and uh, I am very grateful. Hashtag gratitude. You know. <laughs> and on that note, you've been listening to the What's Your Revolution Show with Dr. Charles Corporal. Thank you to my guest today, uh, Mawanji Crazy, and his book, Discovering Your Baseline for the Healthiest Version of You, and saying our departs to our, our lovely producer, Rachel. Grant. Y'all take care. We'll talk to you next week. Actually, uh, we will be off next week, but we'll see you on the other side of that. Take care, everyone. Have a good day. Peace. As I look out my window, I see the little ones playing amongst each other with the water.